This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates in central Iowa companies. All right, welcome everybody to the Abner Martinez podcast. Chris Noth and myself, uh, we just got done speaking with Connie Bozen. We sure did. One of the other uh, candidates running for mayor. For full disclosure, this is not an endorsement for Connie Mm -hmm. Bozen. We, uh, uh, this is just, we thought this was important for us to talk to the candidates and, and get some answers and you make your own decision. Um, so, but what did you think? It was great. I think we got into a lot of it. We got a lot deeper than, you know, you would just see in a little advertisement or a flyer. So I hope people listen and check it out. That, yep, that is true. Uh, so it's, uh, we spoke about almost an hour. We talked about, uh, her stance on, uh, marijuana, on undocumented, uh, people. Uh, what else did we talk about? Education, infrastructure, housing, um, I think we covered every single topic. Every single, no. I'm sure we left a lot out, but I think, you know, for, this is not, a, we don't do this for a living. We're volunteers. <laughs> We're volunteers, yes. So um, so we did our best, as best as we could. So comment, share it, uh, and um, watch it. <laughs> watch it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. This is Connie Bozen on the Amner Martinez podcast. Um, but thank you for making time for us. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, I'm a new voter. I just became a U.S. citizen. Congratulations. Uh, the, earlier this year, yes. Golf club. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, we're sitting down with Chris and trying to prepare to, to the questions just to see what, um, you know, what's the, what are the issues that we believe that, you know, concerns, for example, you know, Latinos. I'm a right. Latino, so... And Chris has some some questions himself about transportation. So, but first of all, let, we'll give we'll give you the table to uh, tell us, you know, for people that haven't heard from, of you or that new voters or who you are and wh- and why are you running? Uh, Connie Bozen. I have been involved in the community since I became the PTA president at East High. Uh, my daughters were attending there, and I was asked to be on the sales tax committee, and that's the tax that goes to refurbish all of our buildings. Uh, So I did that campaign, and during that campaign, saw the need of the schools, but also saw the need of the community. I did a lot of door knocking to pass it, because the first one we voted on in March failed. Second one came back around in November, and I went back out. And so I was asking, what's going on in Des Moines? You know, housing wasn't being kept up. Buildings were, you know, businesses were closing. I grew up on the east side of Des Moines. Uh, and still live on the east side of Des Moines, uh, went to East High. And uh, so I felt compelled that we need to do more. And then just seeing uh, what was going on with the schools, I felt schools were critical to a neighborhood. And so I ran for school board. Because if we have strong schools, we'll have strong neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And after 14 years on the school board, found that some of the policies of the city impacted what was going on for the schools as far as neighborhoods and building neighborhood strength and revitalization. So I ran for city council because I thought I could bring a voice of the school board into the city council and understand the needs. I saw the community change. We went from less than 50% free and reduced lunch to over 76%. 
I saw the um, ALL classes go from 2,000 to 7,000. So the needs of the community were changing. And how could we address it? And that's why I ran for city council six years ago. And I've always represented the whole city. Even on school board, I was always at large. So seeing all the areas of Des Moines gives me a different vantage point because I saw the lack of development in some parts of town and how could we redevelop. And uh, that's really how I got to the city council. And when I got on the city council, my focus has been revitalization. I'm on the Invest DSM board. Uh, I also have served on Polk County Housing Trust. Different organizations on how we can redevelop the city and uh, have been a strong proponent. If you look at some of the areas where you see turnaround, we see the Highland Park area. I use that as an example. Invest DSM is in there. And in that neighborhood, it was like critical to secure the business, and now housing is following it. And some of the other neighborhoods is primarily housing. But how do we rebuild houses, make them current on what people want to stay in Des Moines for? They want a larger you know, maybe an extra bedroom or they need an extra bathroom because some of our housing stock is smaller. How do we update it to keep people to stay in their neighborhood? Because by people staying in their neighborhood brings about a strength of neighborhood feeling. Uh, so. And what, what made you decide, uh, so, so city council to, what made you say, I can be a mayor, I want to be, uh, what made that, what was the decision making? It was really looking at what was going on and not knowing who was going to run. And I just believe I have, I bring a strength of bringing people together to collectively come up with solutions. I have uh, been president of the school board. I've been president of the East Des Chamber. I've been president of the East High Foundation. I collectively bring people together to create opportunities. And I believe I can do that as mayor. We need somebody with a vision that can see where are we going to be in the future but how do we take care of the problems in the present? You know, Des Moines had some great things happening, but we still have some critical needs that we need to keep addressing. That's public safety, infrastructure, revitalization of our neighborhoods, and making sure we take care of the people that are in this city. So, Connie, you mentioned six years ago is when you first got elected to the council, right? Right. So, I appreciate how you mentioned the changes you've seen in DMPS. What changes have you seen in uh, as a council person the last six years and what are some of those successes that you feel like you've been a part of and maybe what are some of those challenges or those things that that really are facing us right now that we need to, uh, to change well i think if i bring up the highland park area and the neighborhoods you look at the drake area where you see a lot of new housing going in i uh so those are some things we're very proud about and and the expansion of our trails expansion of sidewalks making sure that it's a more walkable city and Within our city council, too, we passed the energy resolution, taking on the uh, environment and how we can do more. But we've seen record improvement, record money put into infrastructure. Uh, when we got on the council, you know, many of our roads were in bad condition, as most people who were driving it. So we're making great inroads, but we still have a lot of work to do. The floods of 2018 was really uh, showed what we need to do for stormwater saw the damage up on 47th Street and the Makokata, uh, even on the east side, the four mile, hundreds of homes have been taken out. So how do we make sure that we provide the mechanism to make sure people don't get their homes destroyed? We moved up a project of Closest Creek. It's off of 41st. We moved that whole project up five years mm. because we saw the need. Mm. You see the devastation, you react to it. And there's still, we even formed a home stormwater committee based on input from the citizens, how we need to reprioritize 
our stormwater efforts and how we could do a better job of it. So again, uh, trying to address the needs of the community. And some of those things we're seeing, you see improvements in the city and a new attitude about how we're going to go after it. And a lot of that is because we were able to pass a sales tax for cities uh, for Des Moines, which has given us the extra funding to do some of the critical things that we need to do. So, um, so the, I'm learning and learning a little bit more as we talk to people as the, what the strengths of the mayor has or, um, and what the function, how the city council functions. Um, the opinion, uh, I guess, from the outside is that public education uh, funding is getting gutted and, getting, and not, you know, for example, my daughter, she went to Roosevelt. Uh, she graduated two years ago, let's say. And she was a cheerleader, but there was not money to, so when they had away games, they there was no bus for the cheerleaders, so they couldn't go. Or if they wanted to go, they had to drive themselves. That's just like a little glimpse of like you know there was a overcrowded schools two teachers there was 30 some 40 students in one of our classes and so they had to have two teachers how as a mayor how how, how does the mayor have any impact on the on the budget any influence how does that how do you No, the mayor doesn't have a influence over the budget of the school district mm -hmm. they have their complete they have a school board and quite honestly, people underestimate how big Des Moines School District is. Mm -hmm. Their budget is, I think, $650 million. So it's mm -hmm. pretty incredible responsibility. Uh, what we can do is advocate and try to help strengthen. And where we can help them, we can. Like we uh, were able to take uh, federal funding when we had the ARPA dollars. I was able to work with the city manager and got agreement with the rest of the council open preschool classroom with a wraparound daycare. Mm -hmm. I have been advocating it since I got on the school board. It is a academic issue and it's a workforce issue. Mm -hmm. We were able to give them enough money to open six classrooms and there would have been another million, but they couldn't find the teachers. It is critical that we help give kids a good start. Uh, it's critical that we work at different avenues that wherever we can help them and bring people to the table to help them because there was only one year in 14 years that I was on school board that we didn't make some type of cut. Mm. The funding has not kept up with expenses. I, I believe that they have stabilized the enrollment because it's all based on student population. But Des Moines has, you know, all of our money that we raised for the sales tax over the last 20 years has really gone to refurbish older buildings. Like I was on the East High Committee. We never even knew if we'd get past the walls because there was so much work that needed to be done, and they're such big, old buildings. But I am very proud of the work we did when I was on school board. When we retrofitted all these buildings for new energy efficiency, we got the city of Des Moines became an energy star community because of the Des Moines schools and the work that we did. And the millions of dollars we saved then got put back in education. I do think there's other ways we can work with them, and that's one thing as mayor, I would definitely do have ongoing meetings between the city manager, the superintendent, and our, and then bring our school board and council together so we understand each other's needs and how we can collaborate in a greater way and be advocates and supportive of our public schools. So the, the, I guess the reason why I ask that is it's, you know, again, this is a one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of uh, question is when you hear that the, that the, you know, Iowa has a $1 billion surplus, and then the schools are, are 
Uh, what would you do? Do you do? Do you talk to the governor? Do you? Uh, there's the legislation. How how does the? Because w- what I'm learning is that the mayor is more of an influential seat, right? Is it? There's no real decisions that you can make to make an actual change. You, um, a mayor has one vote still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a one vote on a council. Mm-hmm. I the mayor can't. Uh, can't just say I'm going to do this and mm-hmm. then you all fall. Yeah. I mean, right. so we all have one vote. So I, like I've said, I have always represented the city at large, which is what the mayor does. Mm-hmm. I have always had, I have the same vote as the mayor. But what the mayor can do is lead and bring people together. Mm-hmm. And that's where on school funding, we need to have a very serious conversation with our legislators, not just the Des Moines ones, but all of, you know, try to convene other groups together and then have a good uh, conversation with our, you know, with the governor and whoever will listen as to what our needs are. I believe that the problem on education funding, it needs to be more equitable. So a student that's in a Des Moines school that lives in poverty probably deserves more than a student, even in Des Moines, that comes from a very wealthy family. Right. The cost of, because they probably haven't had preschool, uh, some of those things to get them back up to speed or to get them in, on level by third grade is pretty important. So I think there's things that we can do I think everybody has to have a good, honest discussion on how do we improve outcomes for kids, which improves outcomes for families. Absolutely. Which improves outcomes for the city. Right. Because a strong school makes a strong neighborhood, but a strong neighborhood makes a strong school. Yeah. You choose where you live based on the school in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you touched on the um, the leadership dynamic and how a mayor can advocate and influence. Um, this is a question we asked in the previous episode about the, the red state, blue city dynamic, and how does the mayor represent our city's interests and and work with and put pressure on um, the legislature for the interest of Des Moines residents? And um, I feel like a lot of people in Des Moines feel like we're just on this island and that our, our elected leaders haven't done that in visible ways. And and so, uh, Connie, we'd love to hear about what, you, what that would look like for you to work with folks that are other stakeholders in in other offices? Well, I think that goes back to, I go back to my track record of bringing people together and working with people. The city of Des Moines, this election is a nonpartisan race. Yes, we know that we have, it's heavily Democrat in this community. Mm -hmm. And I, and so I just think we need to understand that there's people from all parties in this community. So we have to collectively say, what is, what's the outcome they want? And I have heard on the doors more than anything, education, Mm. which we're not, you know, we don't oversee that, but they're very concerned. So I think, again, you bring people together. It doesn't matter what party you're in. And let's have some open conversations on what, what is the things that differentiate Des Moines versus some other communities and how can we alleviate the disparities. And a lot of it's economic disparity. Uh, you look at facilities between the communities. You know, we're trying to have keep competitive but it's hard when you have old infrastructure. Mm. It's much easier when you have a flat field than if you're repairing and rebuilding. And that goes whether schools, roads, any of that. It's much more work. You go drive down some of the streets now, Grand or even on Second, right <laughs> over here, and you see the earthwork that has to be done and the mm-hmm. sewer pipes that are going from 36 inches to six feet. Massive work that needs to be done. So I think we just, again, we have much more in common than we think if we sit down and not get polarized by other issues that 
if we keep focused on what is important, I think we can come up with better. But you you must agree that it's it's a it's an uphill battle, right? I mean the it's a it's a red state Iowa now, uh, and uh, and and what you uh, are behind is progressive. It's not necessarily conservative. Uh, um, marijuana, for example, um, we looked into it, and there's other states that are similar to. Or like the same situation where it's a, it's a blue city surrounded by, by a you know red by by right. a red state. So, as a mayor, how would you um, approach that? How would you get people to you know work with you? Well, again, I think you have to have the conversation. If you regards to marijuana, we have advocated. We put it on our legislative priority. Mm-hmm. We need to work with the League of Cities and all the other entities that are up at the Capitol too. Will we get everything right away through? I think medical marijuana, I think we need to expand that. I think that's a first step. But I think we need to also then bring examples of what other states have done that have worked. Uh, and, and you have to keep working at it. Nothing comes easy. If I had a magic wand, I could change a lot of things. But uh-huh. I think you have to understand that I believe coming, I originally was from a small town. Um, I've been here since I, in Des Moines since I was 10, but Rural Iowa and urban Iowa have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So do the schools. We have uh, old infrastructure. We need to revitalize. And we also have high poverty. And even in rural Iowa, mm-hmm. in many cases, I think there's high poverty. There's a lot of issues that I think we have, again, I believe we have more in common that if we could have that conversation. This is an urban-rural divide. We want everybody to succeed. Everybody in rural Iowa, I would want them to be successful because that makes the state successful. And the same should be, they want they should want us to be successful. Because at the end, we're all one state. And we've got to get past all of the rural-urban uh, and understand what our common direction is and what we have in common and how we can solve some of the issues. And it shouldn't be um, this side versus that side. It should be, what can we do collectively? Absolutely. Um, back to the marijuana topic, we mentioned um, looking to other cities as examples of, of how we can possibly model different policies. Um, you know, you've got cities around the country that have decriminalized possession of marijuana, like small amounts. Um, and a lot of that is for social justice reasons, right? And, and criminal justice reform. In Des Moines, black people are three times more likely to be stopped uh, for the same crimes that, that white people and others commit. Um, so, if you were elected mayor county, how would you be thinking about that issue? And knowing that you're only one vote on the council, but um, working with the police chief or city manager, um, can you can you say that you would push along some of the recommendations that have been made to the council on this issue? Like, where, where do you think it will go from here in the next four years if you're elected? Well, like I said, we can't supersede. We can't go against state law. So the best process would be to get some of the laws changed. We so. I had supported the marijuana task force, some of the recommendations, and part of that is how do we get it through so that we can get taxation and how we can make sure that the age limit is similar to alcohol, and we'll just continue to work through it. But to say we're going to change the law in Des Moines is difficult because we can't supersede state law because mm. they have, there is a deal that if you do not enforce the laws that are on, that they could take state funding from us. So I think, again, you have to just keep working with through the process and our legislators that can change the law. 
and I guess that's kind of what we were, why we looked into it because it ha- it does it has happened in other states uh, that they do uh, decriminalize it in the city and not necessarily needing the the state law to be changed. Well, but it, you say it's other states, right? So I don't know, you know, again, similar to this, like red, you know, red state, blue city. But again, I think that we cannot put at jeopardy state funding. I have no problem making a lower offense, but I think that we need to follow the process so that we don't get preempted or whether we have an issue down the line. Would you, and just trying to switch in real quick to, uh, you know, uh, undocumented uh, people, would you support um, an ID or driver's license for undocumented uh, people who live here in Des Moines? I think, again, that I have said that we have looked into it I think, again, it needs to be statewide so that it makes it fair. So if you're in one town versus another town, I have no problem. But having just the city of Des Moines doing it, I think it's problematic. Hmm. Because if you would want to move to another town, what, what are the obstacles and what, are the, what would be the holdback? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I do think that they should, you know, as far as driver's license, absolutely. And I think that even within that, I think, again, we need to support if this is the will of the people, how do we get it? Because I know that other, they tried to do a countywide. And if you look into the legalities, there's issues. Mm. What do you think is the main, like the main or the biggest issue at hand that you would want to tackle? The number one priority that you would say this would make the biggest impact, but this is the biggest problem that we have. Well, for a city like Des Moines, we've got to re- rebuild this city. We've had a lot of good things going on, but we have the highest tax rate. One of the highest tax rates because we have 40% we can't tax. So we've got to make sure that all those empty parcels, all the buildings that are boarded up or closed, get open so we get better tax value. So we can have the funding to do all the other issues. Uh, it, it is very simple. Uh, when you can't tax so much, you're at an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. But we have opportunities. So I see an empty lot and I go, this is opportunity. We need developers to come in, build more housing, more businesses, and we need to get them all on the tax roll. When we look at population trends, um, we know Iowa has struggled to gain population. It's kind of been flatlined for a while. Des Moines suffering a lot from that too. Um, What do you think are some of the best chances we have or biggest opportunities to reverse that trend here in Des Moines? What are some of the things we should focus on to make this a more attractive place for people to, to move to? Well, I think, again, you have to have opportunity for jobs. You got to have, you can't have, you need a variety of jobs. And that's where it goes back to, you know, we have buildings that have got now empty because large companies have left. So I'd rather have 10 small companies come in and get more, you know, tech companies and startup companies that will grow. And that way you have a broader base. So it goes back to economic development, giving people opportunity and becoming Des Moines. I think we could be definitely the arts capital. I serve on the Bravo board. I think we have great opportunity to create more of an entertainment center as far mm. as different creative modes. And uh, you see that happening with mainframe and some of the buildings that are going on. Uh, so I think we can capitalize on that. And how do we even create more opportunity in that area? Uh, and it's just really being coming forward and coming up with some new ideas on how you can bring people into Des Moines. You're seeing people come back because They've gone out, but they've realized, you know, they're starting to have kids, so they come back. On doors I've knocked, I've seen met 
many couples that have come back into Des Moines and also their parents have come here because their kids are here. So I think there's still some part of where Des Moines is small enough, but large enough. And then the follow-up question to that, I mean, a lot of people talk about how do we get people to move here, but they don't ask how do we get people to stay here? And there's a lot of youth, I work in education, there's a lot of youth who, you know, they graduate, they get their diploma, and then there's a lack of job opportunities or there's a lack of pathways from, you know, the public schools into, you know, a lot of these great job opportunities, whether it's downtown or somewhere else. Um, How can we, what message would you send to like that 18-year-old that's getting ready to graduate in May and might be considering going somewhere else, but what what pitch would you make to them, you know, for staying in Des Moines? The pitch is that this is a great city. It's small enough that you can be a part of it, and there's great opportunity. But we have to make sure we have that opportunity, that they see opportunity here, whether you want to go to college or whether you want to go to the workforce. And we just need to make sure that we have the opportunity to keep them here. Uh, hey, I remember when they called Des Moines you know, nobody wanted to be here. There was nothing going on downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has transformed. I think that's what we have to be very proud about over the last few years. And so, yes, we're having a transition because companies, you know, the workforce time is different. There is businesses that, you know, some companies are taking, you know, they're leaving Des Moines. I just say it's opportunity. How do we recreate it? We had to do it when they, you look at Science Center didn't exist downtown you know, all the different things that have come downtown or even way back when, the Civic Center, all the things that we have now, we can build upon that. And I think we just continually have to reinvent ourselves and say, what is it going to make the difference for people to come here and listen to what their needs are? You know, a lot of people are living downtown, but it's just not young people are living downtown. It's all ages because they like the convenience. And so we just need to create the arena that we have more uh, things going on that it's walkable, it's safe, and that we have uh, opportunities in employment. And that's the biggest thing. People come because of jobs, Mm. and we need to bring those jobs to Des Moines. How do you um, engage more voters? Um, um, Mm -hmm. The the voter voter turnout is not good. Very low. Uh, Very low, especially on the non-presidential years. And apparently this is like another off year of that too, right? Like the so yeah, local, the numbers are very low. Yeah. yeah. So how do you, you know, a lot of people are like disillusioned. You know, they're like completely disengaged. Right. They Choosing not vote. to vote yeah. is also a choice. Right. Yeah. So what do you say to people like that? I mean, it's so important because the school board, for example, um, you know, the the people that are there now hired Dr. Um, Roberts. Ian Roberts, yeah. right? So. That's how impactful it is if you go and vote for a school, you know, for school board, city council, mayor. So what can you tell somebody that's like, it doesn't do anything for me anyways, who cares? Or, you know, like that are really disengaged. I just tell people because I have, I learned very quickly on the sales tax campaign, every vote counts. I've never taken a vote for granted. And I do tons of door knocking not just for myself, but other candidates, to try to reach out to say, your vote does matter. If anything's going to impact you more directly than any other election, it's going to be city council, mayor race, school board. Because we oversee how your day runs in a way. Uh-huh. You know, we do the roads, we do the schools, we do. And trust me, I, was, I ran like four times on school board, and voter turnout, you thought city was bad. 
school board was even worse. Now they've merged them together. But people need to take the time to find out who's running. I don't know how you get people to be interested in voting. Every vote matters. And I just keep trying to get out and do the outreach to say, you need to vote. Try to get people to register to vote. Like I I put my um, campaign material, I did Spanish, and I did Swahili. Again, reaching out to people that maybe aren't as gauged, but showing that I want them to come get engaged. Yeah. doesn't matter where you come from. If you can vote, you need to vote because your vote does matter. When you see people losing by six votes, 40 votes, 20 votes, every vote matters. So you do have a role, and it's kind of a citizen's responsibility in my mind that people need to be engaged. And I know it's hard because it's hard to get information. Uh, there's so much stuff out there that maybe isn't always true and but it's just you know get involved in your community get involved in your neighborhood and then that co- connectivity helps bring people into the process i think yeah the numbers are scary looking uh when we looked at some of the voter turnout so we're i mean yes a lot of it is got to do with the voter i think but um you know i think you know politics have played such a big role at this you know making people you know, not a, you know, dissolution about it. That, well, if you're elected as mayor, what what would you do to, uh, to make that uh, to, to make them see that it's different? Well, first of all, I've already said I would have community conversations on a more regular basis, not waiting just for the budget, but to have more community conversations, and go to where the peop- where people are, mm-hmm. not just you come to us, but we need to go out, and I've done that. I mean, I've met with the Korean community. I've gone to Sudanese church. I've gone to different places where they would not be the normal place politicians go. I don't. I consider myself just a fact finder. I try to find out what their needs are, and then try to solve the issues they're facing. Uh, and and we have a very diverse community, and which gives great richness to us, but is more difficult to reach people. So I think we as you know, people that are running for office need to be listening and engaging and finding out and then getting, taking care of the issues they've come for and be honest with them. There's some things I can't change and there's some things that maybe it's not quite going to happen that way. But to be honest on, we looked into it, it works or it doesn't work. Uh, I said, I kind of joke that I think public works and traffic might want me off the, (laughs) off going door to door because I, (laughs) I see things and I'll, Email them. I had a man who had an issue with, uh, I don't want to say the company, doing the internet lines. Sure. Uh-huh. He'd had a pile of dirt for two months in his yard. Uh-huh. He'd reached out to his one of his council people. He'd reached out to the city. Nothing got done. I, it was a Sunday night. I emailed. And so he emailed me back, and he goes, I don't know what you did, because this was before noon. He said, they're here, and they're fixing it. Hmm. Again, all it took was an email and a call to get something done. And you just have to be able to try to help people on their issues. It doesn't matter how small or how large. Some people have some pretty big issues that might take some time. But if it's a small issue, let's get an answer and not put them in limbo as to, yeah, because for them, it's a concern. Right. Um, So again, that's why I've always tried to do in every position I've held is to try to find solutions. When we talk about how do we find like even when I was on the school board, we have how do we find a better balance of teachers that represent our kids that 
that are in the schools today, we had a um, job fair. 600 people show up. We had 10 minorities that came. I said, we're never going to get to what we need. So we created this dream to teach for minority kids from 8th grade to 12th grade, kind of modeled after Science Bound. Go through the program, have the teacher academy, go to that, go to college, and then if you do well, we'll hire you back and hopefully help them get scholarships. We had over 100 and some kids when I left the school board. Again, trying to come up with solutions to solve an issue to make things better. Yeah. I like how earlier we were talking about all the good changes that have happened in the downtown area. And like, you know, growing up here, there was nothing downtown except like Java Joe's and stuff. And now there's a lot. It's really exciting. Um, What do you think we can do on the east side, on the south side, on the northwest side? Like, what else can be done to kind of help that renaissance come to other areas of town that, that really seem like they're forgotten about at times? Well, you know, East Village is a prime example. It didn't exist really that much over mm-hmm. probably 20 years ago. But again, it was small business people coming up with an idea or coming up, taking old buildings and redoing them, and they created an attitude and an evolution. I see that up at Highland Park. You see that in there's another area over by East 9th and Hull. They're doing a study. You see that Drake Dogtown, that area. Not that it didn't have some, but it's really done a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so you look at these nodes, and that's one of my prime thing too, is how do we get these nodes redeveloped? But some of it goes back to what are we going to do to streamline the process for small businesses? Uh, I talked to three or four in the last four months that because of our process of permitting and the systems we have, that it's a hurdle to get through them all. And so I've asked that we have somebody in economic development I maybe hold their hand, get them through A to Z and get them open. Because every day a business isn't open is a day that they're right. not, do, you know, they need that revenue coming in. And if you're a small business person, it's it's challenging. It's uh, it's just, it's very, very hard. I've dealt with it. And I only, you know, I have the, my fair concession, but the money it takes and the time it takes to do all the processing, even at that, it's, uh, you have to be a master of everything. And so we just need to make it easier and streamline it so we can get these businesses open. And I think that for Des Moines, these small businesses coming in that are opening are creative and new, and you don't see those in your suburban mm-hmm. neighborhood. So I think it brings a, a collectiveness to Des Moines that gives a uniqueness that I think is powerful. Absolutely. What, um, so the race is getting close uh that november 7th is uh election day election day i'm learning see i'm a new voter so I'm there you go <laughs> so uh what makes you different because uh, apparently um you and josh are the the, the front runners josh mandelbaum councilman josh mandelbaum so what separates you from him um and what should the voters look at and say this is the contrast difference between me and him I just say the biggest difference for me is that I have a track record of bringing people together to come up with solutions. And I have a track record of getting things done. Uh, I have full endorsement from a lot of people uh, because they know I will work with them to come up with the solutions. Uh, And so, and I would be the first woman mayor in about 160 years. Mm. That's definitely a difference. First ever. First ever. And I just think I've, I've worked hard. I listen to people, and I have, 
I have always been open to coming up, bringing people together. And I think that's, I think that's where my strength has always been. And uh, that's why I'm running for mayor, because I think I can bring that to the table and have, and I will be out and about, and I will be very focused on what we can do to improve Des Moines in a way that brings, ensures that everybody comes along. Uh, we've uh, been working with Polk County very closely on a sobering center. Again, working on issues, helping people get help instead of incarceration, working to expand our crisis advocacy team um, at the police for the police. How do we deliver public safety differently? I advocated and got an extra police officer trained, like Lorna Garcia, who I call, I use her name because she's so well trained and does training classes, and she's over that area, the care team. Uh, we were able to get 24-7 mental health crisis team together that through Broadlands. And then we're working on a welcoming center with Polk County. Uh, they want for immigrants and refugees to have a place to go, a centralized place. Uh, you come in, you get maybe your three months of services, and then everybody has their own organization. But what is it collectively we can do to make it easier for people that are needing transportation, needing to get you know, the different paperwork that they need. How do we collectively help people throughout this county? Because it would be countywide. Uh, and I think it's been pretty, it will be very critical because I've seen the struggles that people have had, even though they've been here for a long time, it's still a language barrier. How do we help them get through all the process? And, then, and, and just to follow up on that, what would it be different from uh, the current mayor that's uh, not running again? Um, so one one of the things I guess I'll prefix my question is because of this. So I'm learning that the, the mayor system here is um what is it called? Weak a, mayor. A weak mayor, it's right? A weak mayor. Right. So so that means that the platform and the voice is the strongest and influence is the strongest thing that a mayor has. Um that's kind of what I'm getting that 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 you have one vote, right, out of the right. whole city yes. council. But the platform and the drives the agenda, drives right? The agenda. So, well, right. so I, I, and I've been in Des Moines. I've been in Iowa since 1995, and I've been in Des Moines since 2001. So I've been here a long time, um, and I kind of knew who the mayor was. I never heard him talk or never saw him, and, and uh, you know, it, if that's the case that the, that the platform is his biggest his strength, I didn't see him use it. That's in my personal opinion, mm. right? I'm sure everybody else has their own. How would you do different? Well, like I said, I will be out and about. I will collectively go out to where people are at, no matter what group it is. And I think we need to have a series of more serious community conversations. What is the needs of this community based on the group or what you're finding as your issues? And how do we bring them together? So I've always been very, I, I go to all the neighborhood meetings and being at large. So I've covered this city and I've always been very visible. And uh, that's how I will go about being mayor. Uh, again, still being very visible, bringing forward that we are interested in your concerns and your issues and uh, finding out what we can do to make this city better. And again, that's being engaged and going forward. And, and we have to, our, our mayor has been 20 years of service, which is huge. And also before that, city council and planning zone. So we have to thank him. He he's been here, the mayor, during the Renaissance. So there's a lot of work that's been going on underneath. And I think that uh, as far as that, we can still do that. And I'll be visible out with all the different groups. I have one more question. Go for it. 
this is dear dear to my heart <laughs> it's the uh city oh. cameras <laughs> oh okay yeah the cameras for speeding i'm sure there's other people Big concerned issue about for that you. too yeah. don't speed that <laughs> <laughs> not the answer he's looking for connie oh <laughs> uh, okay well okay but uh, on yes that, yes if you go to any neighborhood meeting uh-huh. the number one issue they bring up is speed uh-huh. so in effect they are a tool to use so that we can use other you know we we have speed cameras uh located and it's incredible when you see the speed people are going uh, when they turned, well, there had an issue on the interstate where we were still collecting the speed, but we couldn't ticket until we got something changed. Okay. 100 miles an hour all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a gentleman on one street, 10 cars in his yard because people can't make a turn and they're in it. I just <laughs> talked to another gentleman who has had to put uh, big limestone pavers because they finally had, I think it was three cars, and the last one went into his house uh. because people can't seem to stop. Right. When you hear these stories, yeah. slow down, people. Yes. Slow so. down, people. <laughs> <laughs> and be cognizant that you could cause great damage. Uh, yes, so, yes. Sorry. Yes. Just if you get a, if you get a ticket. It's that hey. Mercedes you got, man. It's, oh, my God. I do not have it goes a Mercedes. goes so fast. I was yeah. going to say. Uh, no, I do not have a Mercedes. And, um, but, yes, you're, you're right. People need to slow down. Mm. Um, do you have any other questions? I don't think so. I think we did a great job. All right, do we well, do okay, Connie? Are we forgetting anything? Is there a promise? Is there something that, that you want to uh, uh, tell the, the voters that, um, that you want to get out there? Any message? Well, the, the message is that we have a great city, but we still have a lot of work to do. And, and I work tirelessly. Anybody that knows me, uh, no one will outwork me. Uh, I come up from the grassroots. I have always worked hard to earn whatever I've gotten. And I will continue to take that that attitude towards what we can do for the city. We have, as I say, opportunity. I see an empty f- spot, I say opportunity. Somebody leaves, I say it's opportunity. I come out of retail. I was at Yonkers for many years as a buyer. And every day mm-hmm. my, I saw my sales on Monday. And if I didn't react and change or do something different to make sure my sales were up, I would never have been there that long. So I take that same retail attitude and urgency that we've ne- we need to be engaged. It's an exciting time. Yes, we have challenges, but I always say challenges bring opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again, Connie. Nice thank to you for making you. time for thank us. Thank you, Connie. And Thanks, hopefully, Chris. we can have you back uh, as mayor. I think that would be great, and I will come back as mayor. Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies.